welcome to Conversations with Kerry, a series of audio interactions with people and things in my world that I find interesting. If you have any comments, queries, questions or feedback, you can find me as at K-H-O-A-T-H on Twitter or email me k-e-r-r-y at g-o-t-s-s dot Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Greetings and welcome all to another episode of Conversations with Kerry. Now in this podcast we are doing an interesting experiment in which I will be showing you exactly how my ADHD medication affects me as I talk about the journey that I have had so far as far as ADHD has been concerned. We're now quite a number of months into the adventure. Now rather than talking about all of that now, so the first thing to note is that because I am currently unmedicated this morning, I am actually having trouble synchronizing tasks and ordering things to do and figuring out what I'm doing next, which is how the world used to be most of the time. So as these do take time, I have here a class eight controlled substance in a childproof bottle. And the reason it's in a childproof bottle I'll get to in a minute. We are going to take, or I'm going to take 10 milligrams, which is two little tiny tablets. And those are down the hatch. If we look at the time, it's approximately 10.16. Now this will matter for reasons that I will get to in a moment. So when we first started the ADHD journey, we being the collective group of people that deal with me and me myself, I was a bit worried about joining the ranks of the neurodivergent. So many people were running around on YouTube and social media and stuff telling us all about how neurodivergent they were, and they absolutely were. And I didn't think I would ever be a member of that particular club. But when we started looking into what was wrong with my life, or what I started looking into what was wrong with my life, and the things that were going wrong with me, and why I was depressed all the time, all things considered, I had a pretty good life. Couldn't complain much. I mean, bad things happened occasionally, but overall, life was pretty good. Resources were reasonably plentiful. There were times of struggle, but ultimately, life was reasonable. And for the first two months, as specified in my original podcast, I was dosed on 30 milligrams of Vyvanse, which is also known as Listex or Listex amphetamine. Now, before I go any further, I should probably say that all of this information is provided for educational and entertainment value only. None of this should be construed as medical advice, and this is simply a discussion of my story. So, 30 milligrams of Vyvanse, it works really well for some people. It works incredibly well for some people. They get out of bed and they take the stuff and after, you know, anywhere from an hour to two hours, the stuff comes into effect and in theory works for most people for 12 hours. I got about eight hours out of it and the onset time was about one and a half hours for me. 
But the problems with Vyvanse were that the onset was reasonably slow. And I'm one of these people that sort of gets out of bed and wants to be doing things straight away. I don't sort of like starting my day slowly. Well, I like starting my day slowly, but I like to be productive when I do that. So essentially, I would take Vyvanse at 7 or 8 in the morning and not have the medication in effect until 10. Now, that would work well if I was going to work, but it wouldn't work so well sitting at home and wanting to talk to people first thing in the morning and catch up with US people. So I went to the psych and explained that I was having a number of problems with Vyvanse, basically the onset and also the crash at the end. Now, I did sort of get used to the crash at the end, but coming down off the meds is quite the experience. The day goes reasonably well, and then you're back to being unmedicated at the end of the day and figuring out what you're going to do with the rest of the day, or at least the rest of the day that you've got left. And I was able to convince my psychiatrist that I would like to work on some of the fast-acting medication rather than the Vyvanse. So the other problem I was also having was I had trouble with achieving orgasm on Vyvanse. The dose would get into my system and that would make achieving certain end goals more challenging. It wasn't impossible. It was more difficult to do. And I did explain that to my psychiatrist and he agreed to switch me across onto just plain dexamphetamine. Now, the interesting thing about dexamphetamine there are a whole lot of things written about it and a whole lot of articles and you can go in and research that stuff if you like. Very general statement about dexamphetamine and this is not true for everybody, but if you have ADHD, it will calm you down. If you don't, it will tend to hype you up and cause you to bounce off the walls in general terms. So on the 24th of November, I began my dexamphetamines, or in fact, I think it must have been the 25th of November. And it occurred to me that I would need to keep track of my medication doses because this is powerful stuff. The short-acting stuff lasts for about four to five hours, depending on the person, anywhere from three to five hours. Whereas Listex is supposed to work from 10 to 12 hours, depending on the person as well. So essentially, I started on the dexamphetamine. I felt that there wasn't enough strength in 30 milligrams of Listex. So my psychiatrist gave me 30 milligrams of dexamphetamine, which boils down to six tablets a day. Six fives are 30. That's what the mathematicians tell me. So each day I have a Google Sheet and I record the time and the dose and comments about the dose. And the first month or two was tumultuous to say the least. You have a very fast acting compound being put into the body and it has fundamental impacts on the body as you'll see in this podcast as I continue to discuss things. So the first thing I learned was that obviously dexamphetamine is a stimulant. You can look that up on Wikipedia. It makes certain things in the body happen faster. Although for many people with ADHD, it actually calms them down. So what I discovered 
initially was with one dexamphetamine, which is five milligrams in the morning, it was a very difficult thing to moderate with the other things that were going on with my day. So for example, I one morning took a dexamphetamine and then I had a cup of coffee, which was a mistake. I'm not even going to argue that. I became very hyped up. I became very anxious. I actually became angry with the person I was talking to. And thankfully, we worked out that it was actually the dexamphetamines causing the problem. And it also caused me to make some very silly decisions as the meds came out of my system. Decisions that I made late at night in a state that I shouldn't be making decisions in. And in fact, around Thanksgiving, as far as the US counts it, some quite unpleasant things happened and I nearly lost two relationships that I was engaged in. And it was all my fault because I took action that I shouldn't have taken in an altered state. And luckily, I was able to discuss with the people involved and explain to them what had happened. And they were forgiving and accepted my apology and explanation, which was very lucky for me because it may not have had to go that way. I apologize if this podcast is a bit noisier than my usual ones. I'll get into the side effects of the decks in a second, but I am going to grab a cup of water very quickly because it does also cause you to be a little bit more dehydrated. Now, I'm leaving all of this noise and stuff in the podcast to sort of show what the decks do for me. So I'm just going to grab this water. I won't be long. I will be right back. Now, as summer in Australia, the water cooler has been absolutely amazing to have in the house. Cold, fresh water, literally on tap. Sorry, guys, got a bit of hay fever today. And that has been exceedingly useful for getting extra water and stuff. So Every medication has its ups and downs. Every medication has its pros and cons, its side effects, the way it affects the body. For me, the side effects of dexamphetamine have been somewhat minimal. They are there. First of all, the requirement to drink more water. And that is to be expected because it's making various systems in the body operate more quickly and it's causing various metabolic processes to work more quickly. But it also suppresses appetite. So I used to be able to eat a meal at Hungry Jack's or Burger King for you US people, plus an extra burger. That is no longer practical for me when on the dexamphetamine. It absolutely makes me eat a lot less and as a result I have actually lost some weight which is excellent for me. Not a huge amount but a little bit of weight. Take whatever I can get and that has been interesting to say the least. To be having less food, still being full and still being you know able to function and stuff like that. Probably the biggest thing that I've noticed about the dexamphetamine is well you guys should be hearing it by now actually we're about 15 minutes in and what you'll notice is that not only 
is my voice starting to sound a little bit calmer. We're not quite there yet. The concentration's still coming into the system. But the medical people tell me that it takes about 15 to 30 minutes. Now, if you're me, what I'm actually experiencing at the moment, and we're in the transition stages of it, so recorded live on the podcast for what it's worth. hope some of you got this far in. I'm actually starting to feel calmer. My brain is starting to feel more relaxed. My thoughts are starting to sort themselves out. I'm having less trouble sequencing tasks and figuring out what the next thing is I have to do. And I have better ability to plan tasks and estimate how long they're going to take. And they call that executive function, or essentially the ability for you to get stuff done. So it also allows my moods to be more settled because I'm under less stress. My brain is not working against me so much. So I'm more able to think through the things I need to do and handle the situations I find myself in. And it gives me more ability to cope socially. I've always been able to do social things to a degree. Social interactions have never been a huge problem for me. Except I would end up being very wiped out, very worn out, you know, as if I was an introvert, or it would essentially flatten my social batteries, or I would become stressed and worn out and whatever else. Now, there is a theory that I might be on the spectrum, but I don't see what a spectrum diagnosis would do personally for me. I know a lot of people, it would make a fundamental difference to their lives and the supports that they could get. But a lot of the things you can get, I've never particularly enjoyed weighted blankets or squishy toys or insert whatever other things you can get for ASD. So I haven't chased that up, even though it may well play a role in my behavior. And I think one of the most frustrating things about being diagnosed with ADHD at 45 years old was, well, frustrating and amazing. 45. I mean, if this had been picked up 30 years ago, I may have had a very different life, a very different ability to focus, a very different ability to actually get work done rather than procrastinating everything. And this podcast is somewhat family friendly, but there's a saying that I really enjoy. Procrastination is like masturbation. It feels good while you're doing it, but you're only screwing yourself. And I don't know who originally said that. I'd attribute it if I did. Apologies to the person if I haven't attributed you in this. But that is very true from my experience. And I was a chronic procrastinator. Interestingly enough, so was Douglas Adams. He actually talked about it in various interviews. But I've discovered that the actual medication for me really makes a fundamental difference to how I function, how I interact with people, and how I act on adversity and things like that in my life. Now, as you can hear now, the DEX is really starting to come into effect, and it's easier 
to talk more relaxedly and in a lower register. If I actually put work into it, I'd actually have to put my voice up here. Um, but to be honest, that sort of stresses me a little bit and I don't really need to do that now that the medication is in effect. Now, because this is a podcast on ADHD, there are going to be things in here that there aren't usually in a podcast, like me drinking water, because yes, if you're going to take dexamphetamine, you are going to need to make sure you drink a few cups of water a day. I never used to drink a lot of water. And they say you're supposed to have eight cups of water a day, including the water that's contained in food, which is the bit that most people leave out. So eight cups of water, two litres of water a day, what, 128 ounces if you're in the US, I think? I don't know about that. I'd have to check. But it's a fair bit of water. I now drink probably seven or eight 220 ml cups of water a day because my body needs it. And it is helpful. And it's probably better for me. Fascinating that because of my neurodivergence that I'd convinced myself that I didn't need that much water and have spent the last 44 years not drinking enough water even though people told me ad infinitum to drink more water. And I think that's the other fundamental thing about this stuff. This stuff is life-changing. It fundamentally shifts so many things in someone's life. And yes, the first month was very tumultuous, very difficult for me and those who care about me. As I worked out the correct medication dose for me. And it took a lot of trial and error and comments on the spreadsheet. Now, to be completely fair to my psych, that's what I asked to do. I said, look, I'm an intelligent person, or at least I believe I am. Please give me the medicine and I will work out how the dose works. And he's like, okay, here you go. Here's 30 milligrams a day. And that's what I got. So for the first month or so, we messed around with stuff. Does it make a difference if you eat one before food? Does it make a difference if you have one after food? Does it make a difference if you have a coffee and you have one? Does it make a difference if you don't have a coffee? I have discovered the best dosing strategy for me tends to be doses every three hours with the doses being two one, 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 one. So two tablets is 10 milligrams and another dose of five milligrams every three hours. And that gives me really good coverage for the majority of the day. It keeps the levels at a level where I can relax and concentrate. And the only drawback is I have to be careful in the mornings not to have a strong coffee and the 10 milligrams because that will hype me up too much. There is a very fine window of effectiveness where if you have not enough, you don't get quite the impact you need. And if you have too much, you go over the top and end up feeling stressed and anxious and quite unhappy. Now, interestingly enough for me, anxiety is not something I generally suffer from. I do have it, but not to the extent that a lot of other people I know do. So to actually see anxiety show up and be aware of how these medications affect us in different ways has certainly been an enlightening 
experience for me. I was actually surprised how many people enjoyed the last ADHD and Me podcast, and I hope that people do enjoy this podcast and do find it educational and interesting as far as my journey is concerned. I think that if I had to sum up something about this podcast and about this whole journey, about this whole ADHD experience, well, before I get to that, the interesting thing was I told some friends of mine up the road that I had ADHD, and one of them said, oh, yeah, we know. And I'm like, well, that's good. Why didn't you tell me? And I think that's important. If you're not told, how do you know? You know, when I grew up in the 80s, all the ADHD kids were the ones that were acting out and talking back to the teachers and doing whatever, and they stuck them on Ritalin and called it done, or other medication. Obviously, there are other medications out there. But for me, it's, it's been life-changing. It really has. To have my brain back, to have my cognition back at the levels that I had, because as you age, your brain becomes less flexible. So you can start off young with ADHD and not realize you've got it. And then as you get into your sort of late 20s, early 30s, etc., things start to affect you more. So I'm not a medical person. I am a hypnotherapist, but I don't practice medicine. But I think the message that I would put from this podcast is if you have the means and ability and you think you may have ADHD, get it looked into. And hopefully they can find a medication that works for you. Some people, it doesn't work for them, right? They can't take the ADHD medicines. Other people would prefer a holistic approach of, say, meditation or hypnosis to put them into a better mental state. And for some people, that can work. It never really worked for me. I did try that. Hypnosis and mindfulness and all that sort of stuff. I think there's a pervasive belief out there that it's only mind over matter and all you have to do is just think the right way and you can get your mind under control. I think to a certain extent that is true for some people, but for others that are struggling against mental conditions, whether they be anxiety, depression, ASD, ADHD, might pull out the DSM-5 or the DSM-6 and get a whole list of them. Life isn't always that simple. So for me, dexamphetamine has changed my life and I tried having a med holiday not taking any medication for a whole day I basically stopped taking it the evening the night before and ended up lasting about 21 hours without the medication and the day was miserable it really was so let's make an appointment go back and see the psych and hopefully get another repeat. He did give me four months worth of scripts. I think he's trying to cut down the number of patients he's seeing and stuff like that. But for me, this has been a game changer. And as you can hear, it's now the cool, relaxed, chill-out, medicated, ADHD, far more focused version of Kerry coming to you live from Perth, Australia in the Conversations for Kerry podcast. The other interesting thing I've noticed about the dexamphetamine is it's brought back my creativity. I can now make up poems and songs and compose and sing silly parodies that I ad lib in my head, which I used to be able to do when I was a lot younger. I can now do that again with far more ease. I was always able to do it. It's just as far easier now to do that. So I hope this podcast has been interesting to some of you that are listening. 
I'm happy to answer any questions or talk to anybody about things if they have anything that they think that I might be able to help them with. Although, as I said, I'm not medically trained and I can only just share things that I've got from my story. But, you know, it really is worth looking into if that is something that you're struggling with. Now, don't worry, people. Next podcast will have me talking to other people. It won't just be Kerry having conversations with Kerry because even I find that a bit tedious. But I figured that having myself alone on this one, a bit like I was for the coffee podcast, would show people how the medication affects me and how the medication interacts with my general frame of mind. Now, you might be somewhat worried that because I'm all sounding so calm and relaxed and stuff like that, I become a doormat pushover. No, not so much. If I need to focus on something that is important, I can absolutely change my focus across to that and make sure that I'm just as intense as I always was. So that's worth knowing. And that was something that I had to discover as well. Feeling a lot calmer doesn't prevent me from shifting into the different emotional states to take care of the things that I have to deal with. Now, I'm going to edit this podcast, so it will come down a little bit in length and it will come down a little bit as far as the time elapsed. But it will be pretty much on the money as far as how long this medication took to effect. You're looking at sort of 15 to 20 minutes onset, and it's in your system for three hours, four hours. Probably at the end of five hours, you don't really have a lot left as far as the effectiveness of the medication. There might still be chemical concentration in the system. But that's how it works for me. So thanks for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, there's feedback information on the beginning of the podcast, like there is on every podcast. Also, we have had one donor to my tip jar. Thank you. One of my high school friends donated something to my tip jar. If anybody else would like to donate to my tip jar to encourage me to make more episodes and motivate me to edit more episodes, please feel free. But thanks for listening, and I look forward to catching you all again soon on the next episode.